If you are a lady, if you own a business, Biz Women Rock Podcast is for you. I lived a life of if this happens, then I can do this. And the if was um, this, you know, this thing out there, like if this just gets fixed, if the money just gets fixed, then I can do all these things or then I can volunteer. Well, I started to realize one day that if you live with that posture, time just keeps moving by. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's really not about living with if this and then then. It's really about stepping out and doing it. up thank you so much for stopping by the biz women rock podcast i'm so very excited that you're here i'm katie kremitzos this podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women so you can hear the ups the downs the tools the strategies all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now if this is your first time stopping by the podcast thank you so much i really appreciate that you're here If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. If you are a blogger, a wannabe blogger, or have been just very fascinated by how bloggers actually make money and have a business blogging, then you have got to listen top to bottom to this interview with Rachel Martin. She has a very successful blog called FindingJoy.net, and she had been doing that for a couple of years, and then she ended up co-founding a business called Blogging Concentrated. Now, FindingJoy.net is a blog where she talks about motherhood and uh, you know, being a woman and all this sort of stuff, and, and it's just gone gangbusters. Women really connect to it. Um, and it launched her into this place where she co-founded a business called Blogging Concentrated. Blogging Concentrated um, offers education and a ton of resources for anyone who wants to blog so that you are well equipped with how to do it correctly and how to really use this medium to be able to share your brilliance with the world and to be able to engage a world who's hungry for that information. What is so phenomenal about this conversation with Rachel is that she really pulls the curtains back and shows us how she monetizes her blog how she leverages and uses analytics to be able to create the content that she knows is going to resonate with her community, Um, her very unique uh, spin and opinion about Google ads and having Google ads on your site, Um, really cool tip that she has in there about um, cool stuff that she's done with her eBooks, Um, and how she actually does events in Countries all over the world, I think it was like 27 different countries they've had events in and how they do that successfully without, you know, living in those countries. Really amazing conversation. Rachel is a mind-blowing, brilliant woman. So I know that you're going to love this. So let's get going. Rachel, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. 
I am so honored and super excited to be on the show. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. So, um, so I got to tell you. So, as I was doing my research about you, which I do for all of my guests, um, there's I'm always looking for different kind of vantage points on how to look at somebody's business, who the person is, and. I immediately fell in love with Blogging Concentrated, what's it, what it's all about, and the history that you brought to it as far as being a blogger for so long before that. Um, and I just think the idea of blogging and the kind of industry of blogging is huge, and I think something that not a lot of us know a lot about. So I would love to know a little bit more about how you got started blogging and kind of what the first kind of phases of evolution of that were for you. Okay, well, that's fascinating and fabulous because so I absolutely love blogging. And part of it is, and I tell this at every event too that I lead, is that I always want women especially to remember that for so long we've wanted this voice in the world and this online platform with blogging has this golden opportunity to have a voice and to share our opinions and give research uh, resources and all of that. So as far as blogging and how I got started, I will tell you that I was a kid that my dad, um, one of those kids that was always involved in tech stuff. My dad is an engineer, started off with like the TI-84, and he taught me basic programming when I was little. And so fast forward, when I went to college, I was like, I remember when they said, you need to go get an email. So I had the little AOL floppy disk, <laughs> put that in, got the you've got mail, did all that and loved it. And then all of a sudden realized that I could start communicating with people via, it was Yahoo groups. So yep. I started in on the Yahoo groups and was really active in Yahoo groups and started groups there. And then I noticed, hey, some of these people have a blog. So I started a blog way back then, just like that, just kind of sharing information, really just kind of didn't know what it was, taught myself coding on Blogger. I think it goes back to my dad teaching me coding. And then um, through time, started attending events, was getting asked to speak more. And it started to grow, we, you know, migrated the blog to WordPress and met my business partner, Dan, at a couple of events. And then from that, Blogging Concentrated um, emerged and grew. And here I am today. Wow. Okay. So let's dig into... That was the fast story. That was a very fast story. <laughs> let's dig into kind of the uh, the early years of that. So when you first started blogging, I know when we first got, uh, before we started recording this call, you were like, okay, I've been through def a couple of different phases of blogging. I've been blogging for 10 years, but I really started taking it seriously at this time. What is the difference between blogging and then choosing to take it seriously as a blogger? Well, I think that w one of the things that we teach at Blogging Concentrated is that um, you have to make a decision at a, a point. If you're going to stay a hobby blogger, which is great because there's a lot of people, or if you're going to really be the CEO of your business. Because as a mom, and one of the things that I know is that every minute I'm on the computer, I'm not spending time with my family. So I want to be super wise with my time. And part of having the CEO mindset of a blogger and as a website owner is knowing that this is a business and that it needs to generate revenue. And so that to me is one of the pivot points in moving it from, hey, this is kind of a fun hobby to, wait a second, this can be a full-time business and career for me. And then when I have that mindset, whatever I do goes through the messaging and the filter of how is this going to move me forward versus just kind of doing something just sitting there still. Right. Now you have your blog, FindingJoy.net, and um, and on it you write very openly about you know motherhood and just who you are and all sorts of like arenas of of women and moms and, and stuff like that. How tell me a few like lessons that you've learned over the years of uh, being a writer and, and finding your voice uh, throughout you know all these years of blogging just for that particular site. 
Well, finding your voice is a unique thing. I think in the beginning, everyone's trying to figure out what do I write about? Where is the voice? And finding voice to me is consistency, trying to, you know, consistently write and discover what your voice is. And then it's listening to the words, the feedback of those that read what you write. I pay a great attention. I, I love comments and engaging with my readers because it gives me this feedback inside the heart of who they are and what they're thinking. And one of the greatest comments I get is, wow, I feel like this was just written to me or Mm. for me. And it tells me that I'm kind of in tune. I'm listening to what they're saying. And I, part of finding voice is not um, artificially articulating emotion. I really believe part of finding voice is being willing to be vulnerable in a bit, especially if you're writing such kind of the heart stuff that I'm writing about and being willing to put yourself on the line. It's a little bit of a risk and stepping out there. And in that act of being vulnerable, it's this idea of being uh, real in a world that's digitally very carefully crafted right now. And I think that we've kind of all gotten to this bubble place in our lives where we're like, okay, the internet and digital and media is telling us it's this way, but we still have these real kind of gut emotions. And that's kind of where I see myself in the blogging sphere is kind of cutting through the clutter and saying, hey, you're enough with what you're doing and, you know, let's let's rise up and continue forward. When you first started blogging for FindingJoy.net, did you, um, did you immediately have readers or, um, you know, when was that moment when you knew that you had readers, that you had a following and what kind of stuff did you do to build that? Oh, that's interesting. So in the beginning, no, I, um, I'm always telling everybody uh, that, no matter what, even myself, everybody starts out with zero for every single post and that we can't let the number zero intimidate us or stop us from publishing something. So in the beginning, and this is still my mindset even today, is if this article blesses one person, then it was well done, then it was meant to be published. And so I'm constantly thinking of writing in that way or as if kind of like you introduced uh, when we would do the podcast, that it would be like having a conversation sitting at a coffee shop. So I try to think of when I'm writing as me sitting across from a reader having a conversation. But I I knew as far as growth, I had written um, a Dear Mom letter, which is kind of one of the uh, staples, which is actually my book that's coming out, is I wrote Dear Mom with Littles. And all of a sudden, I noticed that that letter was getting shared um, because I was kind of one of the early people that decided to play around with Facebook as well. And when that started happening, I thought, huh, I wonder if I'm onto something there. And as the summer progressed, I had one of my first viral posts um, that year uh, was Dear Mom Who Feels Like She's Failing. And um, Man, that speaks to every mom out there, right? (laughs) I I feel feel like, well, you know, what's interesting about that is um, I wrote it in direct response to a reader that had written back about this 10 tips post I did for moms. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I love, love, love your tips, but I feel like I'm failing as a mom. And I was like, whoa, whoa, let's talk about this. So I started writing her a letter back. And then I realized that her email was anonymous. And so I thought, huh, if that's if she feels that way and I felt that way, I'm just going to share it with everybody. Put a picture up of my kitchen sink on a normal day because, you know, like sometimes we have dishes in our sink. <laughs> and uh, that picture alone is probably the most commented on picture of like women writing in saying, thank you so much for showing me your dishes in your sink. Wow. <laughs> so it's just real. Like, you know, we all have it. So um, from that point on, the, that was probably the real pivot point when I saw, wow, this post, there's this potential with this. And um, then I just started really, I'm a 
analytics insights studying person mm-hmm. and I just started studying uh, my insights and then continued to write from my heart from where I was in my own life. Okay, so you brought up a good point about studying your analytics and your insights. What specific things are you looking for in your analytics and how do you how do you use that to generate th- this the next wave of content that you're going to have? Well, that's that's interesting. So I, I would study, I use webmaster tools and all different things. I kind of study like how do people find me? What are words that they're using and searching that brings them to me? Because you can kind of start to see a pattern in that. And then I would un- then I would try to understand even like Facebook analytics. When are readers active? When mm-hmm. are they engaged? What is the type of thing that they're commenting on? Uh, my business partner, Dan, tells a story about when he lived in Phoenix, how there was rock gardens. And when he was first there, they all looked the same. Yeah. But by the time that he had lived there for a while, he noticed, well, that's a good rock garden. And that's kind of a messy one. Well, that's what one of the things I believe strongly in is, especially with social media, is everything has to have a purpose. Just like a good rock garden has like the, you know, the caretaker moving things around. So... With every Facebook update or every post, there's a definite and clear purpose that I've crafted into it in a really organic way because without that purpose or focus, it's just kind of information put out there. Mm. So that's where I use uh, the analytics and insights is to try to figure out, like, if I post this, what's the response to it? So even every update on Facebook, I don't pay... um, anything on Facebook and the Finding Joy page typically has a reach of over a million and I really believe it's because I know the community and I know the purpose of each post. I know that if it's to bring shares or likes or comments but the purpose is always through the filter of always serving my community first. As soon as I you shift the focus from your audience then it can become contrived. So everything goes through the, the filter of does this serve them Okay, and then how what what how are we going to present the information? Hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about your business model for finding joy, and then we're going to get into blogging concentrated, which is really where you are now. Um, talk a little bit about how when you decided because you mentioned this earlier, like, you know, I decided to take it seriously and choose to be the CEO of my business, my blogging business. What is your business model now? How do you generate revenue? How is how is writing and putting blog posts out there and sharing on social media? How is that earning you an income? That's a good question. I love that question. Um, well, as I always tell bloggers at our blog and concentrated events, it's never just one basket uh, with any type of online income. It's multiple of different streams. I could tell you we have in, there's impression ads and AdSense, but there's also product creation. I've done multiple shirts and products with Teespring. I absolutely love that company and Vince, the CEO of it. And um, we have done, I have an ebook that's been out. I have an ebook that's coming out. And a lot of times people even think like, okay, the ebook is the end product. Well, even with the ebook, we've crafted it in such a way that um, there's links to the articles that continues to drive traffic, but there's also opportunities to book me as a speaker in it, which has, that has grown. So you know, I've got the speaking, I've got the um, ebooks. Uh, there's so many different revenue sources that all add up to the final overall picture of revenue. Right. Now, what do you think? Um, and this is just a, a question as somebody who's observed a lot of blogs. What is your opinion about like ads, like having Google ads on your blog? I think a lot of bloggers um, or, or people who want to be big bloggers really see that as the end all be all like, let me just put ads on my blog, and then I'll be fine because I just drive traffic there. And then people click on the ads. What's your opinion about that? And how does that fit into your business model? 
It's an, uh, well, honestly, Google AdSense is the optimization of people leaving your site. In order to make money, you have to click an ad to leave, but if they leave your site, you're not building traffic. So for some sites, that's the ideal model. For a site like Finding Joy, which is really about inspiration and encouragement, I want to build a community and build traffic. Are there Google ads on the site? There are, but that is not the end-all, be-all uh, for that site. Um, but there's other sites that we work with that they make six figures off of Google ads every year. So right. I believe it's truly understanding the nature of your site um, and whether it's should be optimized with uh, Google ads. Like I said, uh, Finding Joy has a couple of impression ads which do not require the reader to leave to make um, an income. So I think that understanding your platform and knowing your voice and knowing um, the trajectory of where you want to go in five years with your site really determines how you you structure it and build it. Mm, love that. And that's a really unique perspective. I've never really heard about Google Ads before. So thank you for saying that. So I want to dig into how and why this thing called blogging concentrated came about. Um, first of all, do a little explanation as to kind of the the uh, top level version as to what it is and what you provide. And then tell a little bit about the story about how it came about and how you became to be a co-founder of it. Well, Blogging Concentrated, it's a global training and development company for bloggers and website owners, small business owners, and it's really about providing the tools, resources, motivation, and encouragement to take your business or your blog to the level of it being self-sustaining because we joke that there are really, do you ever hear of retired bloggers? There's mm-hmm. not. So <laughs> no one's really said, hey, I've retired from blogging so or had the site like, well done, you can donate now for the years. And um we strongly believe, um, and like I believe in, like part of my mission is that the tenacity of the human spirit to make a difference in this world. And honestly, having this online medium is a fantastic way, no matter what your genre of blog is, to really make a full-time income and retire, take vacations, do all the stuff um, that a traditional job would have, but still have that entrepreneur uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did this idea come about of you guys being able to start it? Well, Dan and I, um, so my business partner, Dan R. Morris, and I met uh, at a blogging conference, which everyone's like, oh, duh, <laughs> a couple <laughs> years ago. And uh, we just, we started a mastermind group, which I strongly recommend no matter what course of field you're in. I love masterminds, especially if you're in a mastermind with people that aren't in the same business as you, because you right. can learn a ton. But we started a mastermind and he helped me um, grow my site at that point. I really credit him with a tremendous amount of vision and focus and helped me get the first ebook published and worked with a publisher. And I kind of knew he was, he was starting this blogging concentrated event, which um, came from he would present at blogging events. And then afterwards, people were starting to hire him to come and do these like smaller sessions. So he thought, well, this is a business model. What if we make a go with it? And the first event was held in Denver. I had a meeting with some publishers, and he had that. And so we decided, hey, if you'd come help me with the publishers, I'll come help you with that. And that was how it started. Because at that moment, I realized, hey, we could do this together. And we have. Now, you guys are putting on, I mean, you guys are really like the resource for bloggers or business people who want to really leverage a blog correctly. And so you're doing that through putting on these events literally all over the world. You just got back from New Zealand putting on an event out there, right? I did. I got back from New Zealand. I was at the bottom of the world. I kept telling myself, this is so cool and checked everything out when I was there. And it was fall and it was it just fantastic. I loved the country. So what what I'm curious about is as somebody who has put on a ton of events before, I know that 
like an event business model business is very different than a blogging business. So how have you guys um, gotten the word out about your events? How have you made sure that people are there? How uh, I have so many questions here, but let's start with that one. Like how have you marketed to make sure that people are actually coming to your events? Well, that is an interesting question. So first of all, with the marketing of it, we truly try to make sure that we have a contact on ground in each of the cities that we've gone to. So when we go to a blogging concentrated event, that's solely us. We always have somebody on the ground um, helping us market to the local blogging community. That's part of our call. And But we also speak at um, blogging events. Like if there's a blogging workshop somewhere, a lot of times we'll do an add-on day or we'll do a keynote, or we'll do a session there where we're introduced to a bunch of bloggers at that point. And in that process, they find out what we do, and they oftentimes become the resource for the next city, the next location, because they all say, we loved what you shared in your hour or the day session. Can we bring Blogging Concentrated to our city? And then that becomes kind of the pivot point. It's a very word-of-mouth, organic way like that. Like in New Zealand... We really had, we had a good friend, Rebecca Crow, that was there who has her own agency. She was the, the initial pivot point and then helped us connect with bloggers in Auckland and Nelson and um, Christchurch. And then in each of those locations, we had a pinpoint person on the ground. And so it's kind of like this guerrilla marketing, this kind of us getting into the fabric of the community. And once we're there, like in New Zealand, we're already planning on going back now in February because... It's that face-to-face. You know, you meet someone face-to-face and instantly there's that connection and then they want more. And how have you guys figured out how to price out? Now, obviously, that's very different than like an add-on. Like if you're kind of like adding on to somebody's existing conference or workshop. But let's talk about like when you guys do your solo workshops, how have you figured out how to price that out? Are you uh, including ticket? Or I mean, like... How do you figure out the ticket price? Are you including like a room and board? How how have you figured all that out? Uh, Well, we're always learning. We will tell that to you every single time at every event. Our workbook that we hand out, we're like, this is a unique one-of-a-kind workbook because we strongly (laughs) believe in adjusting and match, like in learning, not getting too stuck. I think we've seen so many businesses fail throughout time that are so stuck in that this is the way it's going to be and not adapting. And so we're always, so with pricing, um, truly, I believe in you, uh, your reflection of what you price it out as the value that you give. So we've just looked at the market. We've determined that this is at this point what the price should be for this. And it includes lunch and snacks. It's only a one day event. So um, for about eight hours. we w- I wish I could have two days because it's so much information. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the pricing structure is it's it's listening to the community, figuring out what is the tipping point? Where is it that this they realize that this is the investment that needs to be made? We, we tell a story of, have I told you I had a, a lottery ticket for a million dollars here in Minneapolis, but you had to get it by tomorrow. There is no doubt that people would make their way and figure out how to get to my house. Right. So that shows perceived value. And so part of pricing is we want the pricing to be a filter, too, for people that need to be serious about their business. Right. Like going back to the ebook on my site, <clears throat> you could give a book away for 99 cents, but the list of people that you're going to build is a list of people that say, yeah, it's a dollar, no big deal. But my ebook is priced at $8, where there's a little bit of thought process in that. And it filters a list of buyers, which is much stronger because of, we've determined they're willing to pay $8 at this point. Mm. So, yep. 
So um, I want to go back to kind of your general uh, experience as a blogger, um, because I think I think this is something that is like a, a gap that um, I don't think is really always known, or there's a lot of different ways to do it. So I would love to know your way. You know, you talk about building your blog and being able to drive traffic there, drive traffic there, make sure people are reading, and, and you're doing all these great strategies to drive traffic. What are you doing to capture that traffic and um, why are you doing that? How does it? How does capturing the traffic actually help you in your continued business efforts to build? Well, the traffic is really, it's that kind of word of mouth viral aspect of it. The traffic you, um, I capture it with email. That's the primary thing. If that's the direction you're looking for, like that is what we own. Uh, that's my own thing. So my goal with people that come to FindingJoy.net or Blogging Concentrated is really the ultimate goal is to get them on an email list because I have done hundreds of website reviews where I've studied other people's websites and I always tell them that all the social media platforms could really um, disappear and go away, but the email list is something that you have that's continuous. So the goal really is to build the email list, but also with regards to capturing traffic is... I really want to encourage different, um, whatever fields you're in, to identify the primary traffic sources and to spend the time there. So often I see so much like, I got to be on Twitter, I got to be on Google Plus, I got to, well, just going away, I've got to be on Facebook, I've got to do YouTube and all of this stuff, and it becomes diluted and it's not as powerful. Whereas I think that you should have a presence, but really focus on the sources that bring in the traffic and work to maintain it there. Because It's like the difference between incandescent light and a laser. Incandescent can be all there, but a laser is so focused that it's always capturing it and it's uh, much more powerful. Hmm. I love that. Really, really great advice. Um, And the the thing that keeps popping into my head is because um, like how – how are you managing two completely different businesses? I mean, they re- they're they two very, you have your blogging business um, and then you have the blogging concentrated business. So how are you actually managing doing both of those? How do you structure your days accordingly? How are you making sure that you keep having forward movement and are being productive in both businesses? Well, I have a keynote that's called, how do you do it all? And my first <laughs> answer is I don't. So <laughs> I've written that to moms too. Like, do you ever get asked the question, how do you do it all? And I always say, and then I answer, I don't. <laughs> but um, how do I structure it? So blogging concentrated and finding joy are run under our parent company audience industries. And mm-hmm. so we also have our podcast that we do as well. And truthfully, right now, we are in what I would consider harvest time. So I give the analogy of my grandfather being a farmer in southern Minnesota. And as I was growing up, if I was to visit my grandfather in the fall, it was harvest time. And I knew my grandfather loved me like crazy, but I also knew that he had to work very, very hard because he loved his family. And so I feel like a lot of times in the early years of a startup, especially when you're trying to manage all of this, it's kind of like being in harvest time. Like my family knows I love them. I give of my time the best I can, and I know I'm going to be tired at this moment, but I also know that without that kind of pushing through and tenacity and perseverance, we won't get to the next step. So as far as structuring my day, I it is like two different jobs, but they do directly correlate with right. what we learned on FindingJoy.net makes us better at what we teach at Blogging Concentrated. So Dan is equally as invested. I mean, he's a co-owner of Finding Joy as well, and 
we're constantly using it to understand community. Our second event, uh, Circles, is all about understanding the um, art of audience engagement. And we use a lot of examples of engagement that we've discovered um, just through the time of working with Finding Joy. Mm. So it's just, I just have a to-do list that's constantly moving and you know, I just tick things off of the to-do list, but I don't let the to-do list define me. Um, like I, I meet a lot of moms or I write a lot to moms that will say, well, I got nothing done all day. And I'll say, you know what? You're probably looking at the to-do list of everything that's left versus looking at what you've done. Right. And so I work really hard to see, okay, this is what I've gotten done. And um, allowing myself to go, okay, I've done that without having that anxiety and angst of, well, I've got so much to do. Right. Oh, that's really good. What is one of the biggest challenges that you deal with recently? Like, um, you know, in, in doing all of this, what, what's the one thing that keeps popping up that that is challenging for you or just frustrating or really like hits you in the gut or just is really, really tough right now? You know, honestly, and really truthfully, it's probably balancing being a mom and being a working mom and all of that and having that um, dichotomy there of trying to get everything done, like that how do you do it all aspect. And this is coming from me. I stayed home with my kids for a long time. So this whole shift, it's just this new identity shift and realizing that, and which is part of what I write about and finding joy is that. We can never define moms or women by all those externals. It really comes down to that day-to-day nitty-gritty. They do what's best for their families. And so in coming in that realization, that's probably been a bit of the challenge. And then, honestly, it's just wishing that there was about seven of me to get everything done. Um, (laughs) So I've said that many times, like, wow, if I could just clone myself like Michael Keaton did in that movie, I'd I'd be well done. (laughs) I think everyone listening is nodding their head right now going, yep, yep. (laughs) Yep, yep. We just don't want clone number four. All he wanted was pizza. You know, we just want (laughs) to just move. But, you know, that movie dates me too. Like, oh, people are thinking, yep, she's probably late 30s, early 40s right now. So <laughs> then there are some women listening going, who's Michael Keaton? What? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It's <laughs> so true. To answer your question, I'm 40 right now. So. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't going to ask, but you know, yeah, yeah. kudos I'll to you. I'll just blurt it out right there. <laughs> um, how, what is, do you have like a, a particular mentor that you work with or someone in particular that you like look up to, whether you work with closely or you just sort of from afar really admire what they do and how they do it? And who is that? Okay, this is going to sound so lame, but I'd ha- I mean, I, I actually, my business partner, Dan, he's like the best mentor for me ever. And I know you're probably like, oh, you can't have your business partner, but <laughs> I think that's why yeah. we have such a successful business model is if I'm feeling um, discouraged or overwhelmed, he will be very quick to point out what I should do and what were or what has been done or to remind me of truths in that way. And I, I truly value that. I think that's a... Um, a characteristic in people that's not as common and he's got a great deal of patience as far as outside uh, mentors there's a live music producer named Tom Jackson that lives in Nashville and I have met him a couple times and we reference what he teaches uh, at blogging concentrated he is the guy behind Taylor Swift and he's a friend of mine and he teaches live bands how to um really make money, make the sale, engage with their audience. And I absolutely love what he's doing. And I, I subscribe to his emails and I, I read them all. And I think it's incredibly applicable to what we do as website owners and bloggers. Mm. And I, I have only good to say about him. And um, so he is definitely one of the people that has influenced me in the last year. What's his name again? 
Tom Jackson. Tom Jackson. I'm going to have to look him up. Um, and I want to conclude by asking you, like, what uh, – there's this thing of fire in every single woman I've ever had on this show that I'm always curious to know what's at the the depths of it for them. And so for you, I would love to know what is that inside of you that keeps you going when you don't feel like going? Like when you have a day where you're just like – hair's falling out you don't you feel like crap whatever it is you've just had a big blow um as far as your expectations of where things were supposed to go whatever it is what what is it or what practices do you have that help you keep moving forward well i have a favorite quote that's a japanese proverb that says fall seven times stand up eight and I think that um, so many times we're afraid of falling and falling is okay. It goes back to the failing letter that I wrote to moms is that when we fall or when we think that we fail, we don't stay there. Like your track record for having getting up every day and doing your day is 100% and so is mine. And sometimes we forget that we're very, very powerful even with those bad days that we get up the next day and we start again. Mm. But truthfully is I lived a life of if this happens, then I can do this. And the if was um, this, you know, this thing out there, like if this just gets fixed, if the money just gets fixed, then I can do all these things or then I can volunteer. Well, I started to realize one day that if you live with that posture, time just keeps moving by. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's really not about living with if this and then then. It's really about stepping out and doing it. I wrote an article on LinkedIn about, and I gave the analogy of Anthony Robbins with his firewalk, is that if you start stepping on the coals, there is no chance that you are not finishing that walk. The trick is, the truth is, is that you have to actually step on and do it and believe it. So for me, a lot of it has been in taking the risk, realizing that I don't want to be 80 and look back and go, wow, I wish I had taken that risk. I want to take the risk. I want to step out of the coals and articulate dreams to other people because if you keep it in your head, it's just in your head. If you say it to someone out loud or at an event or something like that, it's one step closer to it becoming a reality. Mm. I can't think of a better way to conclude this podcast today. So Rachel, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I absolutely love chatting with you. Like I said before, I probably could have chatted even longer. <laughs> <I'm a chatter. laughs> I love it. <laughs> man, oh man, am I like high as a kite right now. <laughs> After that interview with Rachel, she was just so magnificent and so open. I loved it. You know, before um, before I go live with everyone, I'm always telling them like, hey, this is where you're going to tell your real story and what it's really, really like and not just that quote unquote beautiful success story. And she was so, not only was she on board with it, obviously, but she was just like, that's my philosophy. That's exactly how I work on my blog. So that's why she was so willing to be so open about where she is in business and how they do things and how she struggled and all this sort of stuff. Now, there were so many great takeaways in there, but one thing that I, I didn't, you know, talk about or dig into, but I thought was brilliant was how she leveraged her ebook to be able to um, have links in there that drive traffic back to the site, that link back to, you know, having her speak, that link back to different events. Oh man, I just thought that was so brilliant. And, and I didn't want, I wanted to make sure that that didn't get hidden in there. Um, so anyway, really great information in here. I hope you got something awesome out of it. And my advice to you is to go and start blogging and go check out Rachel's site. Go check out bloggingconcentrated.com. 
There's a direct link for it in the show notes um, at bizwomenrock.com forward slash uh, 219. If you forget what number, just go to bizwomenrock.com and search for Rachel and you'll come across it. So uh, get connect with her and just see what she's doing and get access to this education that is so amazing. I'm so in line with her belief system that this is such a powerful medium to be able to share who you are and what you have to offer this to, to this world. Um, and I'm just right on board with it. So I hope you have an awesome day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. 